Welcome to Nine Point Started With A Dream podcast. Our goal is to showcase the stories of athletes and the community that supports them by being authentic about their journey. Here's your host, Jacoby Gillum. 2018 was probably the busiest year outside of this year. This year is probably the busiest year I've ever had with work and racing and, and both. But looking back at that, like when you, when we did the interview in 2018, I hadn't even, like I just started the season in what at that time was Formula Mazda was an open wheel series. And it was like, it was just getting going. Like I would just started getting out of carts. Yeah. I, I remember you sharing the documentary that was right around the time we had just started like the documentary. I think all we had was like a, uh, uh, you know, like the little intro for it. The TV, so, like, yeah. It's crazy to think how much is, has changed uh, since then. It's been crazy. My- my biggest regret, one of the biggest regrets so far, is not being being a sponsor of that of that, that video. Oh, I mean, I, yeah, I know, I know. We uh, no, we we shared it quite a bit. Whenever you shared that, that was like the you were like the first to share the documentary because yeah. uh, we had just. I think I had talked to you first about it about sharing it. So, yeah. uh, oh man, there's still opportunity to like. Uh, I'll throw the nine uh nine point logo on the car. If you sh- if you send me some decals, we'll throw it on the car for sure. Hey, I'll be able to race you. I'll be like Ricky Bobby style, you know. I'll be, I'll be <laughs> <laughs> <Get a> windshield. <laughs> yeah, yeah. get one for the windshield. Yeah, I hear you. Like, yeah, man. Oh, wicked. I'm I'm happy for you, man. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Happy for you, man. Because like, see how you like progress. Like, I want to talk about that in an interview. You know, kind of like how you have made that progression because. You know, it's like NBA, you think, you know, high school, AAU, you know, college ball, go pro, right? Yeah. You, don't, you don't really hear a lot about how people go from, you know, become a, you know, pro driver, you know, like, yeah. like, like those steps and like the process, because it, it's not like it's a big pool of, you know, companies that want to sponsor drivers, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, no, that's like a big, and I was thinking about that today, since we had this podcast, just just thinking about progression and uh, a big thing with racing that is so probably interesting and so different from maybe other sports. Um, obviously, there's a lot of politics in, in other sports, um, but more so, I would say the money side in racing is a, such a big thing. You know, you don't have a talent is a big part of it, but a lot of that is is also sponsorship. So. Yeah, progression is is very difficult. You can only get so far, um, you know, on talent and on, um, especially you know, uh, not coming from a very wealthy family. You know, you, you're basically. Um, my parents sacrificed a lot. My family sacrificed a lot for me to, you know, uh, get even just through carding. You know, and that was that that's what it takes you know i've heard of uh, you know putting down a mortgage on a house uh people refinancing their homes and um you know i've heard of that and i've had friends that were in the racing that that did their families did that for them to progress so you really got to be all in on it um and you know the cliche is just don't give up and that's kind of what i i did you know there's a lot of times where i didn't think starting out in cards, it was ever going to really amount to, to that because I, I got to a certain age and you see how much money is a part of it. You know, um, you're not really scouted 
and they just don't throw you in a race car, you know, for free. Um, and you start to see some of the hurdles and you, you honestly cast some doubts and it gets, uh, you know, having a dream since you're like five, six years old, it, you know, it really sucks. It's like, uh, it, it's the real world hits and it's like, how are you, how do you start to find money? And, you know, that's how we kind of met, you know, business school at OU. Yeah. Um, and a lot of my business school, uh, the reason why I did that is obviously to find a job uh, in business because I enjoyed it, but also the marketing side of, of racing, which is so important. Yeah, I love it. So, so before we get like too deep in in, in, in an interview here, introduce mm-hmm. yourself. So let people know, you know, yeah. who you are, you know, what you're doing, <laughs> yeah. where you're going. Yeah. Um, so my name is Bryce Cornet. I'm from Norman, Oklahoma, and I am a current uh, Mazda MX-5 uh, Cup Series driver. I'm a sponsored driver by Mazda Motorsports. I was one of three scholarship winners uh, this year. Um, Mazda supports uh, grassroots racers who are uh, amateur drivers uh, that are racing in these amateur series. Um, they support these drivers to that show aspiration and have aspiration of going pro. So um, I shine through after a, a pool of about 30 um, to win a scholarship this year. And that's kind of what's uh, allowing me to do the Mazda MX-5 Cup Series. So if we take, if, if we go a few years back, right, you know, 2018, we, we did our interview. You really driven about your, you know, your life journey, right? Because you had, it was the heart, what was it? Yeah, I had uh, two heart abnormalities, uh, supraventricular tachycardia and Wolf Parkinson White. And both of them were, um, you know, uh, fast and slow heart rate palpitations, that type of thing. And I had two catheter ablations, which is kind of the story that that documentary mm-hmm. tells. So, so the documentary and we're doing some, some big things, right? Yeah. So we, uh, the recap of the documentary, like you just said, is talked about the, I was about 15 when all this happened and it obviously hindered my progression. 15 is like the sweet spot of like really progressing and racing. Like you want to get out of go-karts, you want to get into a race car, believe it or not, before you even get a, a proper, uh, driving license, you know, you're, you're trying to get into a racing series. Um, and I had, uh, heart, uh, these two heart abnormalities and found out about them and our family did. And, uh, my family went all out and supporting me with, you know, obviously the medical cost is, is not cheap. And I had two catheter ablations, which cured me of it, but, um, set me back, uh, two to three years, which is, uh, detrimental to moving on, you know, um, and, and can be very hard. So my friend Trevor Rogers and, uh, a group. Uh, put together a documentary to tell that story and uh, we entered it into film festivals throughout the U.S. Uh, We ended up winning quite a few uh, uh, short film awards or short documentary awards Um, and then obviously that's a really big part of what um, Mazda saw as setting me apart from other drivers. You know I had a story I had something that was unique Um, you know obviously during the time going through it it's not fun um and but you know it sets me apart as kind of what you know nine point really uh cast a light on with other athletes that you've you've um interviewed is that it's a lot of perseverance and resiliency and grit to be able to make it back is is i think what mazda and i think what was cool to share through the documentary and also get my family involved because um you 
you know, even whenever we were interviewing my parents and interviewing other people that were involved with me trying making it back to racing after the ablation, it's interesting to hear their side of it. You know, you don't understand how much they really went through it and uh, much different from, from what I see. So yeah, the documentary did great things. Um, It's still doing great things. um, You know, we're, we're utilizing it as a kind of a, a marketing tool and just to cast light on who I am as a driver and uh, kind of who I am. And then during that time, you know, we, we had just had that first piece that kind of told the story about my catheter ablations, the heart issues and trying to get back to racing and telling that story. But then uh, Trevor uh, came to uh, Sonoma, California, which was the national championship race um, that I ended up running and winning and uh, he caught that all on camera and actually added to that documentary after the fact. So that was really cool. So yeah, it was a, a really cool thing to be a part of and, and to do. And I'm glad, I'm glad I got to be like a small part of this, you know, and just to kind of, you know, and so, so once the documentary released, you know, what would your mindset of like, all right, how do I take this next step to making this dream reality now? Yeah, that was um, the national championship the Formula Mazda season. So um, I raced a series called Formula Mazda and Formula Mazda is this open wheel car. So a lot of people that would watch like the Indy 500, those cars that don't really have any bodies around the wheels. So that's kind of what this car looked like. And, um, you know, I raced this full series. I ended up winning the championship and then went to a national championship, got a bid to go to the national championship and ended up winning that. And that race was in Sonoma. And because of me winning that driving a Mazda that started my uh, my long-term relationship with Mazda and basically Mazda puts on these shootouts they call them uh, scholarship shootouts basically they select 20 to 30 drivers across North America they put them in a pool you actually submit a business proposal on like how are if if you were to win this money that Mazda gives you how are you going to continue and how are you going to uh, you know, we're going to give you enough to get you through a, a, quite a few of the races, but how are you going to continue to go and how are you going to be a brand ambassador? Um, and then the next stage was getting you on site and uh, actually putting you on the track, actually on track interviews, uh, interviewing with judges. It's almost like an American Idol for racing drivers. <laughs> or uh, if you watch like, uh, what's always really crazy is like the Dallas cheerleading show. I don't know if you've ever watched that, but yeah. it's like, it's the full, they wanted a full rounded driver. They want somebody that understands the Mazda brand objectives and is aware of how to make the company uh, shine through with, um, you know, different brand ambassador roles, but also is also really good on track. You know, you want somebody that performs well on track as well. So um, all that to say is that 2018 led to that. I ended up getting a scholarship uh, bid to take place in the scholarship. And I became somewhat of a veteran uh, from 2018 to this year, being involved in a shootout every year, but just not coming away with the scholarship prize, uh, but just kind of persevering through it and uh, getting better each year, um, both from a business standpoint and from a driver standpoint. And then this year came away with a $75,000 scholarship for Mazda uh, to race in the series, the MX-5 Cup Series I'm racing now. So, there we go. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was really wicked. Just 
four years. I can't believe it's been four years. I think that's the craziest part of all of it is that there was uh, a lot of ups and downs in that time. A lot of times where I was, you know, you go through a shootout. Uh, I remember 2021, I, uh, I made it to the final round, which was nine drivers. And uh, we, uh, a good friend of mine, Aaron, uh, he's racing in the series with me now. Uh, he ended up winning that shootout and I ended up uh, falling short of any, uh, any scholarship prize. And I remember after that, I, I uh, definitely, uh, it was a difficult time, a very, um, what's the best word to say? It was like a vulnerable time because you, you have worked so many years. It's almost like being told no, like over and over and over again. And that kind of eats at you. And you just got to have to brush it off. It's almost like a QB throwing a pick. Uh, you just got to brush it off, keep going. And um, I had some really good calls from multiple people that kind of said, keep it going. And one of those people is uh, was Shea Holbrook. Uh, and Shea ends up being the uh, uh, team manager for the MX5 Cup team that I'm racing for now. So uh, at the time she was, and I think that's a big reason you win the scholarship and then you get to choose the team that you want to race with. Basically. And there's like nine to 10 teams and Shay doing that. I rem- I just thought back and I had a relationship with her. I'm uh, talking to her from the 2021 from when I lost out to 2022 until I won it. And she was always very supportive. So it ended up well that I raced in with a team called Hickson Motorsports, uh, Brian Hickson being the owner and, um, and uh you know here we are so it's uh again that long-winded answer to say it's it's crazy how much has changed a lot of ups and downs so, so during this whole time too you're you're also going to school and working full-time right yeah so i 2018 i had i was uh so 2018 i was probably just about to graduate with my master's i was at uh university of central oklahoma finishing up my master's um, I was still in school. I was working full time, uh, taking night classes at my MBA in the city in OKC, uh, and then we're racing full time. And then, you know, 2018 took a lot of effort from my family, friends, um, you know, for the documentary, we held a, uh, uh, what, how do you call it? Like a, a viewing, a showing, and we did like a silent auction that raised money for the, the film as well as for my racing. And, it took a lot of effort that year. There was a lot of the sponsorship was like uh, through auctions and, uh, you know, really networking. And uh, yeah, it took, it was a busy year, a very busy year. It took a lot of, uh, it took a lot of time, but it was, it was also really fun because you look back and I met so many people that are, I'm still talking to and that I, I'm still, that are still supporting me now. Uh, you being one of them. So, um, you know, just that year, 2018 will forever go down as the craziest year for me. <laughs> so, so uh, during all this time, right, you know, there were your times when you're getting so close to, you know, tasting victory, right? You're getting so close to, you know, getting, you know, I guess achieving the next step to get you to that next, the next podium, right? Yeah. What, what 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 was in your mind that made you say i'm not going to quit you know i'm not going to just you know stop this and just go working working on working nine to five and be done with racing 
what made, what made you keep going? Yeah, I think a lot of it is, um, I think a lot of it took me, there was uh, one person that uh, called me after, after the shootout and um, kind of told me, you know, you need to come back next year. You know, um, the, I had heard word that the judges and everybody liked my off track stuff off track. I was doing fine, but it was the on track stuff. Uh, I needed to get a little bit quicker. Um, I was uh, these shootouts. I was, um, I'm a unique case a little bit. Um, I come from open wheel and there's in motorsports. They're just uh, trying to think of how to equate this. It's, um, there's a bunch of different types of, of motorsport. You know, you have open wheel, you have sports cars, you have obviously watch motorcycle racing. You know, there's a bunch of different forms of racing, but in uh, sports cars, there's even different types of motorsports as well, different types of classes. Um, and so me being from open wheel, you actually, as a driver, you have different driving tendencies. You, you have to learn a whole different new uh, skill basically it's like learning how to write with your left hand almost at times um or right hand if you're left-handed um uh but it's like learning a new skill so i was kind of a unique case that i think that was a big part of it is whenever i realized that hey i'm, I'm doing really well i'm competing against some guys that have been in sports cars for a long time and are are quick uh, already and they they've been in this i just need some time to stick with it um and just work my ass off and um get it done the next year you know and just kind of burst it off like i was saying you know just brush it off and keep going so so once you crossed that finish line right and you you knew that that you won you know well what, what was your first your first thought it's it's surreal it's um i think uh the scholarship is so unique because it's not like it, it's it's not a race. They basically put you out on the track with different groups. You, you're out on, it's like a time trial, basically. It's like qualifying. So you're running and trying to get the best lap. But when you're off track, you're doing a lot of networking, talking to the judges, meeting people, and kind of showing off your, how you are as a person, uh, being personable. And, um, you know, whenever you're they group everybody up and they basically stand there and they start calling the names there's three scholarship winners and they end up calling my name um and it was like a sigh of relief you know it's like a big weight lifted off my shoulders that it finally happened um and it felt good because um you know a lot of work went into it and it was it paid off it it truly paid off and then I was excited to get going on the next thing. And I think that was the odd part of the whole thing was that you win the money, but then you're not all the way there yet. Um, the scholarship only gets you, you know, uh, half to three quarters of the way there. And you Mazda uses that as like, Hey, you need to use your skills off track that we know you have to be able to go out there and get the rest of the money to, to, you know keep going and i think that's the scary feeling of it you know you get a little bit of like ooh, this is awesome like i'm time to party it's time to get going but then that kind of you get back home and then it's like the work starts like then like you've got to go because finding sponsorship just takes so much time um and a lot of great drivers 
you don't hear about them because they just don't have the funding. You know, they're great talent. They just aren't able to find the funding. And, uh, you know, I think that was the scary part about it. But I've fortunately secured funding uh, within about two months after that and, uh, and, and good for the full year. So I'm excited about it. So, so say there's somebody right now that's listening that's like, um, I may want to sponsor, sponsor Bryce, right? Why would I want to, what, what's your pitch to them? Like to say, just sponsor you and your, your journey. Yeah. Uh, I would say that you're not only getting a driver that's really good at, at what they do and can only, not only put a brand out there visually, you know, being on a car that is um, on TV and is up front, but you're getting a driver that understands the brand objectives, uh, knows how to turn motorsports into a return on their investment. Um, and that's a big thing. You know, a lot of companies enter motorsports because there's some type of tie to motorsports and they have a way of, of pulling out that extra um, and, and return on their investment through motorsports or through whatever they sponsor, whether it be football, basketball, there's usually some type of link. Um, and I'm, I've been really good at that. And I think I'm, pretty unique in saying that I'm a, a fairly younger uh, driver that is has the skill and has a, um, a master's in business, you know, that's, um, uh, you know, that's something that could be put to work for somebody. And you're a sooner, man, sooner, sooner win. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you are too. Yeah. I feel like, um, and, you know, Oklahoma isn't necessarily known for motorsports. So, um, there's other uh, things. I don't know what those things would be that are uh, that OU is known for. Uh, a bunch of different sports, more so football, but um, you know, um, racing doesn't come to mind. So it's it's interesting. I'm the only Oklahoman in the in the current Mazda MX-5 Cup field. Um, there's not many drivers from Oklahoma that I know of that are that have succeeded is that have gotten to high pinnacles of racing. I know Christopher Bell currently in the NASCAR cup series actually grew up in um, Norman. Uh, so, you know, there is some hints of it. And so uh, I'm trying to keep it going in a different uh, form of racing, you know? So. Yeah. And that's kind of, that's almost like, it's almost like a, like, like an added value to your, your brand, right. You know, you, you represent Oklahoma, you know, yeah. you kind of like, kind of putting that brand, like say, I want to represent my state and kind of get more kids, right, sure. to get involved in sports. Well, yeah, uh, 100%. And then, you know, also from uh, representing uh, Oklahoma-based companies, I mean, we have so many great, um, you know, we have so many great companies here in Oklahoma that I think can benefit from being in motorsports. And I've always really liked that. I thought that was always just a cool addition. I've always liked that, like you said, of being a part of the brand, like, being from Oklahoma, but racing in this national series as a circuit, it's, it's really cool. Um, and so if there's any, if there was any opportunity to get ties on to an Oklahoma brand, I would always jump at that. I know like four or five brewing supported the documentary early on and there were brewery from, uh, Norman, um, you know, uh, the American Heart Association, Oklahoma chapter. So I really love that. And that is a cool aspect of the, the brand. So, so kind of going on that, that that local field. So, say there's a kid right now, right? That that hears this, or they have this I, the idea of you know wanting to get behind the get on the wheel, right? What what would be your advice to them on you know 
how to start, you know, maybe they don't have the funding yet, but how to kind of get, you know, that first step, that first foot in the water. Get to races. Um, try to get pit passes if you can. Um, you know, my I, I, was, I started karting. Uh, my parents started me in karting, and um, that does take a lot of, um, you know, depending on how old the kid is uh, that may be listening to this, you know, um, really uh, push your parents to try to get you into karting. If not, try to get to a racetrack and really get to know everybody that you possibly can. Um, you never know who you're going to meet when you're talking to somebody. Um, you know, uh, the people that are out there, I've just from talking to people and going to racetracks, I've had a lot of people support me and believe in me. And um, I would say the number one thing is a, uh, not what you know, it's who you know. Like, uh, you know, yeah. I would say 80% of the time. Um, so just get to racetracks. If you can, definitely get into a cart, um, get into some type of racing and show off skills and get better but uh, also network. You, you can't count that out. And a few weekends ago, I went to this place out, out here in Scottsdale. They go, um, it's like it's like, like an indoor, like, um, yeah. car place. Yeah, yeah. It's called Octane. And I was, I was going, I was trying to go, man. There was like this <laughs> 13-year-old kid. He had, he, he had, he had his Did own he helmet. Oh, he smoked me, man. He, like, cut the really? corners. He hit me once, too, and I was like, I was up there. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> man. But I was like, I'll, when I raced whenever, I thought of you. Because I, I, like, I, I was like, this kid out here just killing it. He was like laughing at everybody. You know, he was hitting the corner just right. <laughs> I was like, this kid's going pro. You know? Yeah. You can't have Jacob be taking out 13 year old kids. Your podcast may get a, <laughs> get a mad start, like I, a I, bad mark on it. I, I thought about, like, you know what? He, he, got, he, got, he got it. I'll let him know. You have a good point. I mean, I, uh, that is a, an affordable way of actually getting into something, you know, like, uh, and it's, uh, they're no joke. I mean, they, they're quick. Uh, so, I mean, that is a good point. I mean, you bring that up, um, indoor carding, you know, uh, 20, 30 bucks for 15 minutes and just doing that over and over again, it does get you in something. Um, and you never know who you're going to meet there because, you know, I, I used to go with friends after races to places like that. If we were traveling to a, a certain place and we looked up and we saw that there's indoor karting, especially now that you're, I'm out of karting and I'm in a, a car now, you look for any reason to get back to a cart. So it's like, we drive by a place and we're seeing indoor karting. We're like, oh crap. It's like, it's on, like we have to go. So it's, you never know who you're going to meet there. You're potentially meeting people that are currently doing what you want to be doing at those places so 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 now, so, so we kind of go back to the present right so you're you're here you're in you're now you know you're officially like like a mod a mod driver you know you know so so you i'm laughing because i feel like i have uh i have so much uh i always i don't know it, it's like that cliche of like you know uh you get somewhere and then you you always want more. Yeah. It's like, um, I'm very grateful and thankful for everywhere I'm at right now, but there's just so much more to, to capitalize on. Um, what is and more? I think it, more right now is just doing better in this series. I think I'm definitely a top 10 contender this year, like no doubt. Um, I'm confident in that, but it's uh, more about, uh, I've had a, 
kind of a rough start the first two races uh, my first race was not bad at all we uh we raced in the rain at daytona and anybody that um knows of daytona or who may not know of daytona um it's like you watch on a nascar super high bankings and you don't know how steep those bankings are until you walk up on them like you it's literally like climbing um up a hill you know a very very steep hill um and we race that track in the rain um and there's a road course section that we do we don't do just a full oval um but there i i had some qualifying issues but had to start in the back in both races i have a race on saturday and a race on sunday there's two races per weekend and uh ended up getting an award for hard charger which is the most positions gained in the race um from 26th to 10th so uh that was my first race of the year coming from 26th to 10th and that was kind of a validation that i'm like okay i i definitely have the skill to be competing in this series which the mx5 cup series mod mx mx5 cup series is known for very very close racing um it's all about consistency you can't put a foot wrong most of the time um and it's very close so being at the top of the charts in this series is, it means a lot and if you're winning races consistently in this you're you're being looked at for other things for sure so more for me is just competing and being better this year getting better um becoming a better sports car driver um and then also uh, supporting Mazda more you know um, being a proper brand ambassador for them so you're so you're two 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 races in you said you're two What's in that? you're two races in yeah two races in so first race was uh, Daytona uh second race was the streets of St. Petersburg Florida which was a wicked uh, a wicked race um I'll, I'll try to send you some onboard that I have from there but um there is no runoff. Uh, it's just you're up against walls in the streets of St. Pete. They block off the street. It's actually um, downtown right by USF campus, uh, okay. University of uh, South Florida's campus. And um, they actually run a pro, or they actually ran IndyCar that weekend, which is a pro uh, series as well. Um, but that was race number two. Uh, we're headed to race number three, which is uh, mid-Ohio in Ohio. Um, the track called Mid Ohio Sports Car, of course. I've been there a few times, and a uh, really cool track. Um, and just kind of looking to better my point standing, I guess. And in, in how many races in the season? Eight, nine? Uh, there's seven. 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 Seven, yeah, okay. seven locations. Um, there's seven tracks that we travel to. Each race has two race weekends. So, two opportunities for points. We race on Saturday and Sunday. So, Technically, there's 14 races, but seven, seven tracks. Any in Phoenix? No, a lot of them are East Coast. Uh, I think the closest, man, is Atlanta. That's like, uh, we go to, I go to Virginia after mid-Ohio, uh, and then it goes Road America, Watkins Glen, and then the uh, finale races in Atlanta. Okay. Oh, yeah, so a lot of my, I, a lot of the teams are based on the East Coast, so it mm. really supports, uh, you know, the travel uh, to the races. They do. They used to run uh, Austin, Texas. They used to run Circuit of the Americas, uh, which is a track that, uh, uh, like F1, uh, it's not mm. on this F1, but a lot of other series run there too. 
Perfect. So if we, you know, dream big here, right? If you like, you know, just you thought, you know, your your story 10 years from now, what what would be the ideal, the ideal situation for you or, or, the, or, the, or the ideal you know, storyline? I would uh, I would say at least in one of those years, I'm I've won a championship in this series. Um, uh, one, if not a couple, um, I'm, I would hope in the next, uh, I, I, I would love to make this a two to three, four year, multi-year, um, series that I'm running and by, you know, after this year being upfront always, you know, going to the track with more confidence that I know that I'm going to be up there in some capacity. And it's just up to me to put up the results. Um, and then honestly, I, I really want to continue to grow as a driver and move into uh, more sports car racing. Uh, a big thing that I've always dreamed about is getting into the IMSA WeatherTech uh, Championship, which is a sports car championship series uh, that we actually run alongside uh, within IMSA. IMSA is the sanctioning body that houses a lot of different motorsports tiers. And one of those is IMSA WeatherTech Challenge. And, a um, bunch of your GT cars, your prototypes, your crazy looking cars, super quick. Um, and one race I've always wanted to do is uh, the 24 hours of Daytona. And uh, 24 hours, literally 24 hours, uh, start to finish. Um, you have four drivers on a team and you switch out during the race, during your pit stop. And uh, I got to experience that. We actually ran that race. We ran our Daytona race alongside the Daytona 24. And I got to stay for the start of the day, 2024. And it is, it's, it's insane. It's um, for fans. It's a huge party. It's like, uh, you know, people are tailgating all week. It's uh, and then once the race starts, it's people have their campers out and it's all night, all 24 hours. It's um, just one of the coolest things. So as a driver, being able to do that would be something where I want to do, but I always have a, a love for open wheel and so i would hope to do well in sports cars to be able to in that time hopefully find my way in other areas of motorsports as well um and then uh you know the end of all this being able to get back to motorsports and coaching and and um maybe being a team manager owning a team in, in the future i guess the, i i guess they also see, see, see you like um announcing one day yeah like, yeah, I could. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I could do some announcing. That'd be cool. Yeah. I'd never give them that a try. That's yeah. uh, that's very nerve wracking. I don't know if I could do that. I think one thing that scares me about that is uh, knowing people's names. I, I always think that that is the craziest thing. And I know that there's like cheat sheets that the announcers have, but like the NFL, like any other sports series that you watch, it's like uh, it's crazy that they know the names of everybody. And getting people's names wrong gets freaks me out. I hate that. So in a third string backup punter, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Like, have you seen the key and till? Yeah. Uh, where they have all the <laughs> yeah. That's what I would that's the one I wanted to I want to announce is the key and peel uh, football episode. I'll announce that one. <laughs> Make it happen, get on YouTube and just you know <laughs> play it. Yeah. Yeah. Mindset. So when you're behind the wheel, right, and say you got a bad start, 
like wh- where did your head go into you know like d- does it kind of get in does it get like shaky or does it think like how do I be in your head or like what's your, your thoughts when you have, have like a bad starter you know something like that yeah there's obviously like a first uh your first reactions like oh you know crap I'm yeah. and it, this is not good uh whatever that may be whether it's a bad start or maybe you um you put a wheel wrong, you get passed by a group of cars and you're, you're set back from maybe you were leading the race, but now you're um, maybe towards the back. And, but as a driver, you quickly go into the mode of like how you're strategizing, how you're going to make up these spots, where you need to be on the track. And everything is just so fast paced. It's just, um, it's crazy how fast paced it is whenever you take a start. It's fast paced. But at the same time, when something wrong goes ha- wrong happens, everything kind of slows down for me, at least. So you kind of, uh, you got to be, you got to be mentally strong to be able to have composure, you know, kind of bring yourself in and be like, okay, this happening, you can't go back. You got to start working, picking off cars, working your way back up. Um, obviously, if you're in higher in your uh, series that, do multiple pit stops or you're racing a race that's really long your strategy changes so um obviously you got to be mentally aware of like how is this going to change your strategy and that goes along with working with your car chief that you're on the radio with um communicating what the car is doing uh communicating where you're on a track who you want to work with um so mentally it's you know uh i think there's a huge stigma. I don't think it's a stigma. I think drivers are definitely athletes, especially most of your pinnacle of, of motorsports there. Um, you got to be fit to do it uh, in a lot of capacity, especially kart racing. Kart racing was some of the most grueling. If you were not in shape for karting, you were, you were going to be, you couldn't just hop in a go-kart um, and, and be quick. You know, you got to be really fit. But also alongside physical uh, fitness, you got to be mentally mentally fit. Being able to bounce back and brush things off, um, and so uh, that's very important. The mental aspect of it, being able to brush it off and be able to have composure to get back into it. Yeah, because I was thinking, you know, like you know, football, there's timeouts, right? Basketball, there's timeouts. Yeah. And you know, right. like the time stops, like everyone stops, right? Yep. Racing, there's no, there's no like stopping where everyone just like, all right pause i messed up let me regroup let's let's get back yeah. going i think the closest you get to that are cautions you know i, I think that's the yellow flag where they yeah. pull the safety car out and you get behind the safety car and you're you're kind of that's your pause that's your timeout. you know and that's when you really get to slow down and think through kind of what happened and think about the next move daytona was a crazy race to start out uh, first race in the MX5 Cup because of uh, drafting or being in the behind somebody really close to where you aren't um, you're not cutting a hole through the air so to speak um, you you're tucking in behind a car so you have less wind resistance so to speak so being able to pick and choose partners was really really interesting um, you had to work with a group of cars because you're faster in a pack than you are by yourself because of the wind resistance. Not being in a draft really hurts you. So you really got to be light uh, because uh, at Daytona, 
if you were not liked or people don't think you're quick enough to keep up with them through the road course section and or, or vice versa or whatever it may be, they'll hang you out to dry. Um, a group of three cars will just hang you out and then you got to figure out a way to work with somebody to be able to make it back to the front. And I think that it, it's a huge mental game and you have to be in the right place at the right time. Positioning is huge. Um, and you can't just win the race in the first, first corner, you know, you gotta be, it's consistency. It's, um, again, about being in the right place at the right time and capitalizing on other people's mistakes. So there's teamwork in, in racing. <laughs> yeah, there is There's a lot of teamwork, a lot of teamwork, especially the team I race for is a very family oriented team. It's all the drivers get along really well. Uh, we support each other really well. And you don't get that all the time because our team is very competitive. Um, uh, our two of our teammates got first and second at the last race in St. Petersburg. So the team within itself is very, very competitive. So we're wanting to up each other. We're wanting to beat each other. But at the same time, if it came down to it, the at a track like Daytona, we want all of us up there, you know, battling, you know, four or five wide and it be just us up there and letting us race amongst it. And so. it takes them based in Oklahoma or where, where, where are they based? No, out? they're based out of Daytona, Florida. Daytona, Florida. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so when, when, when you're, when we have, we have like practice, are you flying to Florida? The, the... Um, I, I actually am going to Virginia. We actually uh, are going to Virginia for a test, but yeah, I do have to travel for like any test sessions. Um, a big thing in the racing world is uh, sim racing, which uh, got a lot of notoriety during COVID which is uh, like online gaming, uh, but racing. And a lot of people have really crazy sim setups. Maybe you've seen some of these on YouTube or whatever, but uh, you can do iRacing, which is uh, a lot of the tracks are laser scans. So you get a lot of the bumps and stuff of a real track. And you can really get down a lot of the lines and um, get fairly close to what you would experience at a racetrack. So, I do have to travel, but also sim racing is a, a big part of preparing for a race. Hey, sponsor right there and get a sim race sponsor. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah that would be wicked. Yeah, that's that's just expensive in itself. Just being getting like a really big, really nice sim setup and all that. It's it's pretty. People get pretty crazy with it. So is that almost like like VR in a sense? You can you can do VR. I think uh, VR. I think probably makes quite a few people sick if you can get by the motion sickness yeah. of it. Um, you know, that's people, I've seen people do that to where they have like the well set up and everything, but then they have the goggles on. Um, but then a lot of people I know just have like the monitors, you know, like, uh, like they're like monitors all the way around you. Mm -hmm. um, and it kind of gives you that feeling like you're enclosed and some, and some sort of uh, cockpit or something like that. So. I had to try this out. Yeah. Uh, I gotta, yeah. So I a question for you, Bryce. So, so I get you going. But so, so I want to share more stories, right? I want to, I yeah. want to inspire, right? So how do we grow the, the world of racing, you know, in youth? Like how do we, how do we grow in giving the knowledge and education in, in, in the sport? I think that's uh, just it. I think people need to understand it. Um, I think, you know, um, things like Drive to Survive, I don't know if you've heard of this, the Netflix mm -hmm. documentary about Formula One, uh, they've done a really good job.
job of bringing it to mainstream audience. And I think any way that we can bring motorsports to a mainstream audience, whether that be through outreach events or doing things physically, like in person, or it be through media, that's kind of what the sport needs. Because I feel like uh, motors, like anything else, if you don't understand it, it's hard to like, it's hard to get into. So it's, it's making motorsports easily digestible. And I can see that a lot of things like uh, some people may know of Drive Survive being on Netflix now, being on a huge platform. And Drive Survive is usually like within the top 10 shows whenever it's out. So it's like, uh, it's, it's like accessible for anybody out there to watch. But then the facts and the figures are very, again, it's not crazy stuff that people don't understand. They don't make it overly um, complicated because it, at times it's not. It's literally, um, it's, it's not hard to understand. It's just people need to understand it. I think one thing that I'm, we're doing currently is that the uh, Trevor Rogers um, and DJ Zachary uh, both were, uh, G, um, Trevor directed the Driven documentary film. Uh, Trevor is uh, following me around to all these races. He's actually coming to me to every race this season. And uh, we're filming a vlog series. So, um we're posting it on youtube after the race but it's a very very candid look into racing no you know the edits are very rough cut at it um saint pete was a very difficult race for me um the last race and we got uh you know uh taken out into the first in one of the races and so him sharing that and filming me after something very bad happened and i'm not happy like it's like i'm not uh, in a good mood um but that's what people need to see i mean people need to see the emotions of it and how it really is not buttered up and i think that's where it comes across as not um not real and so that's kind of what we're doing this year is uh we're making something through media that's uh very candid and gives more of a candid look into specifically the mazda mx5 cup series but motorsports in general that's dope. Um, send me the link, whatever, and, and I'll make sure we we, okay. we we plug it into the episode. Yeah, we'll cool, man. So then I guess two more questions for you here. So if you could race against, like, you know, live against anybody, who, who would it be? Definitely uh, Ayrton Senna. Senna is a, a F1 uh, star uh, that I've grown a huge idol of mine um and then probably uh jeff gordon i uh, grew up uh, loving nascar uh, again because it was at the time um very di- easily digestible it's like on it was on tv all the time when i was younger so it's like uh, what i watched when i was uh, watching racing and i had jeff gordon stuff all over the place like my bedroom like was, i was decked out so being able to race against Jeff Gordon, or even if I met Jeff Gordon right now, it would be, I'd, it'd be really weird for me. <laughs> it'd be like almost too much, man. I met uh, Jimmy Johnson at uh, Daytona, and that was a little, little surreal because uh, it's uh, he has very close connections and are arguably the greatest NASCAR driver that's around now. Um, and he has very close net connections with Jeff Gordon having raced with him. Uh, but uh, that's what's just so odd. Uh, it, but it's also weird having friends that are now racing pro. 
like I have, I know people that are racing pro series and it's, you know, as a young kid, I remember watching them on TV thinking that these people were, these are gods. These are like people that are doing crazy things uh, and are at like the pinnacle of their sport. But now it's like you go to these races and you're saying hi to people that are racing pro for like pro teams, proper like Porsche or BMW, like factory teams. Um, and that's just wicked cool. So, man, it'll be you in a few years. No, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, man, for sure. <laughs> so, and then the last question for you where are you at? Social media, websites, the convention right now? Yeah, man. Um, mainly on Instagram. So, Bryce Cornet Racing on my Instagram. Um, trying to get back into Twitter, uh, Bryce underscore Cornet, C O R N E T. Um, and then my website, website where you can see the documentary and other information about me is uh, BryceCornet.com. Dude, listen, this was this, this was fun. Yeah, this was just like a chill, chill conversation right here. You know, yeah. I appreciate you getting me involved, man. I'm uh, good talking to you for one, uh, but I'm glad to see that you're doing well and that the the podcast is uh, growing quickly and doing hey, well. Likewise, I want to come to a race for sure. I'm I'm, I'm found a way. You to a race. We need yeah. to do a race. Ricky. Oh, actually, we. Do you think you can make it to Atlanta? Where's the cool? I'll, I'll send you the schedule. You tell me yeah. which one you can maybe figure out travel, and I'll I'll yeah. make sure you get a ticket. How about Sweet. that? Sweet. Sweet. Okay. Ricky Bobby style, man. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. Shake and bake. <laughs> shake and bake. You got to shake it, then you bake it. You know? bake it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, hey, well, enjoy the rest of your night. And if you if you if you're in Norman, go to Diamond Dog. Let me know if they're still there. I will. I'll send you a yeah, I'll send you a snap or something. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Yo, thanks for listening to this episode of the Nine Point Started with a Dream podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please comment, share, leave a review. We would love to hear your thoughts. You can find more athlete-driven content at NinePoint.com. Till the next episode, you're only one opportunity away. Peace. <laughs>